from Sumner Fredericksburg High School, this is CougarCast. Welcome to the CougarCast episode 34. We're in the midst of a heated presidential primary season, and the CougarCast staff wanted to share our thoughts on some of the important issues of the day. So today we will be talking about crime, drug reform, energy, gun control, health reforms, and foreign policy. We hope you enjoy this podcast as we have worked hard on it. First up is Sam and Trevor with drug reform. Drug reform refers to changes to the way our governments respond to substance abuse. Drugs like cocaine, marijuana, and heroin are now illegal because they cause an increase in harm to the U.S. citizens' bodies. Drugs are still easy to get throughout the U.S., so isn't the war on drugs pointless? In 1920, the United States outlawed alcohol. This alcohol prohibition was a failure. People started bootlegging and organized crime took control of the distribution of alcohol. Ron Paul believes that the war on drugs is a complete and utter failure. He points out that alcohol is a deadly drug, but yet it's legal. So why don't we handle other drugs as we do alcohol? Bill Piper, the DPA Director of National Affairs, states, Since the war on drugs was declared 40 years ago, the U.S. has spent more than $1 trillion and arrested tens of millions of Americans for drug law violations. Yet drugs are readily available in every community and problems associated with them continue to mount. When you're in the hole, you shouldn't just keep digging, he added. In my opinion, if heroin is legalized, it doesn't mean everybody's just going to go out and shoot up. Every citizen should have the right to exercise liberty. I don't know about you, but I want the freedom to practice my personal habits without the government intruding. This is the same as religion. Are we going to condemn religions because we don't like them? No, we're going to accept it because we believe in the right to personal liberty. But if we believe in the right to personal liberty on religion, why do we not believe in personal liberty when it comes to other things in our lives? Because it harms us? Well, alcohol and tobacco harm us. Prescription drugs harm us. Junk food harms us. So why do, why do we condemn these illegal drugs? Every other candidate is against the legalization of the controversial drugs. Thank you for that report on drug reform. Next up is DJ with an explanation of the candidate's thoughts on crime. This story is about the 2012 presidential candidates' positions on certain crime issues, such as the three strikes law. The views expressed in this story are not necessarily mine, nor those of my peers. There are five candidates I will talk about. There are Newt Gingrich, Ron Paul, Mitt Romney, Rick Santorum, and Barack Obama. First issue is the three strikes law. This law says a person can commit two felonies with regular sentences, but then on their third conviction, their sentence is a life imprisonment. Several states have already enacted this law. Some of them are Texas in 1974, Washington in 1993, and Arizona in 2006. Newt Gingrich says that they are constitutional and enforces the court's compliance. The other candidates don't have a stand on them. 
Every year, 700,000 American citizens go to prison. Though after release, the intentions might be to stay out, two out of three prisoners end up reoffending and getting sent to prison again. Roughly half of these are within three years. Next issue is Prison Fellowship Interchange Freedom Initiative. This is a reentry program based on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ to help keep prisoners from going back to prison. A study in Texas has shown that a person is two times less likely to be rearrested after going through this program. Newt Gingrich is one of the many supporters of this program. The last issue is the controversial death penalty. The death penalty has been around as long as humanity itself. It is a punishment for someone doing a crime that was considered horrible, for instance murder or rape. Some forms of the death penalty are electric chair, stoning, firing squad, hanging, and lethal injection. Some forms of these are more humane than others. Barack Obama's stance has changed over time. For instance, in 2008, he disagreed with the Supreme Court's decision to outlaw the execution of child rapists. But in his memoir, The Audacity of Hope, he says the death penalty does little to deter crime. Newt Gingrich and Mitt Romney support it, and Ron Paul has no apparent stand on the issue. Personally, the death penalty is just in certain circumstances. If the court has had significant evidence to definitely convict the person of the crime, they need to be punished with as much pain as they caused. For instance, if they killed someone, the judicial system needs to do the same for the criminal's punishment. One thing in the last 10 or 15 years that has helped make sure we are executing the right people is the fact that DNA testing has started becoming more widely used so it is much easier to find criminals. Thank you, DJ, for an excellent report on crime. Now Nolan has some thoughts about health reform. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the presentation and explanation of the most controversial thing about Barack Obama's first term as president, health care. It was one of Obama's major planks in his campaign platform, which is read exactly as follows. Obama's health care platform focuses on a new national health plan that covers the na nation's uninsured. The plan would guarantee eligibility, provide coverage similar to federal employee health insurance programs, offer affordable premiums, premiums co-pays and deductibles, and allow enrollees to keep their coverage when, cha when they change jobs. He would introduce a requirement for all children to have health care and, and pledges to expand eligibility for Medicaid and State Children Health Insurance Program, SCHIP. Businesses that do not provide health insurance to their employees would be assessed a fee based on a percentage of their payroll. His plan would allow states to continue developing their own reform plans. He would also make employer health plans eligible for reimbursement of, of, of catastrophic costs, provided the savings would be used to offset employee premiums. Obama also pledges to support disease prevention programs, promote quality and cost transparency, and reform medical malpractice insurance. Most of those promises he made while campaigning were kept. He did put a max on insurance premiums to make them more affordable. He created an environment where all children are required to have health insurance. He did not, however, give the states a chance to make their own reforms unless their reforms follow every rule of his reform.
Under this bill, the government would increase the payroll tax to pay for health insurance to cover those who cannot afford insurance. This bill would simply help provide support for those who who need help buying insurance instead of paying for the insurance completely. We as Americans help that person lower the amount they have to pay. So this does not take over Medicaid, which is free government-issued insurance that only the very poor and or disabled can receive. The purpose was also to improve the lives of all working Americans by making it law that a company who you work full-time and if they have more than 50 employees must provide health insurance for you. The bill comes fully into effect in 2014. The conservatives believe that this new system of health care is unconstitutional. They believe that the government has no right to force you to buy anything, even health insurance. The Obama administration argues that we are required to have health insurance for the same reason that we are required to have car insurance, to help us pay for those things that must be paid for but are not necessarily affordable. The conservatives argue that American citizens deserve a choice on what to buy and should not be responsible for other citizens' trips to the hospital. They believe this is an unwanted step towards America becoming a socialist government. While this reform is socialist, that does not mean that America will become a socialist nation. We can make socialist reforms without actually changing the entire basis of our government. I personally believe in this health care reform. I think it will provide great assistance for lower-class Americans who cannot qualify for Medicaid. I also think that it will help hospitals running in lower-class neighborhoods because now those lower-class people can actually pay for the medical attention they receive. Honestly, I think it promotes selflessness in Americans because of the people who can who can help the people who can't because of the people who can help the people who can't. Um cut here real quick because of the people that can helping the people who can't. That was a very informational story on health reform. Thank you, Nolan. Next up is Damien with a story about energy policy. Energy is a major issue with our economy. Our dependence on fossil fuels is a major factor in our national debt. This issue has caused many debates. Energy is a major issue because people think that using fossil fuels has a major effect on the environment. Not to mention the fact that it costs a lot of money to pay indirectly for fossil fuels. Mentions of alternative forms of energy are being brought up and some are being put to use. The forms of energy that are currently in use are Fossil fuels, wind energy, solar energy, geothermal energy, hydroelectricity, nuclear energy, and biofuels. Environmentalists believe that we should not use fossil fuels because they believe it is harmful to the environment. We cannot get rid of our use of fossil fuels because the alternatives are too expensive. The reason we are not currently using nuclear power for everything is because of the fear related to nuclear waste and radiation. Mitt Romney believes that we should resort to using nuclear power because he thinks it is a win-win situation because it would reduce or eliminate our dependence on fossil fuels and minimize CO2 emissions. Ron Paul believes that we should repeal the gas tax and he does not seem to be concerned about climate change. He wants no nuclear waste in Yucca Yucca Mountain. 
because he believes it's the state's problem. Rick Santorum believes that the federal government should not be involved in the energy decision. Barack Obama believes that clean oil, clean coal, which is the process of burning coal in a way that the carbon dioxide release can be captured and stored underground, is far from being ready. He opposes nuclear waste being stored in Yucca Yucca Mountain. He believes there is a point where, which environmentalists have argued, which is the difficulty of storing nuclear waste and the location of the storage. Newt Gingrich believes that we should use more nuclear power and we should put nuclear waste in deep storage for about 10,000 years. All in all, beliefs all point towards the same basic decision. Nuclear energy should be used as our alternative form of energy. Whether or not we decide to put nuclear energy as our primary source is yet to be determined. That was nicely done, Damien. Up next is Sterling with Foreign Policy. Let's look at the candidates' views on a foreign policy issue. The issue we will discuss is, is Israel. I will tell you about the presidential, um, presidential candidates' views on this issue. Um, the issue is about the Gaza War, known as Operation Cast Lead in Israel, and as the Gaza Massacre in, uh, in Gaza. There was a three-week bombing and invasion of the Gaza Strip by Israel. The hundreds of rockets uh, on south of Israel, which started on December 27, 2008, with a surprise airstrike from Israel. The Palestinian groups fired rockets in response to what they called massacres. Now I'll tell you about Mitt Romney's quote on the matter of Israel, provided by theissues2000.org. Very simple. You start off by saying that you you don't allow an interest space to exist between you and your friends and your allies. The president went about this all wrong. He went to around the world and apologized for America. He addressed the United Nations in his inaugural address speech and chastised our friend Israel for building settlements and said nothing about Hamas launching thousands of rockets into Israel. The right course for us is to stand behind our friends, to listen to them and let the entire world know that we'll stay with them and that we will not support um that we will support them and defend them. And with the regards to Iran, which perhaps represents the greatest existential threat to Israel, we have to make it abundantly clear it's, it is unexpect, unacceptable, and I take that word carefully. It is unacceptable for Iran to become a nuclear nation. Ron Paul also believes we should stand with Israel and help them protect their homeland. Newt Gingrich believes that if we don't help, don't help the Israelis, we're just going to be setting them up for a nuclear holocaust. He thinks that Israel has every right to maintain a blockade of Gaza. So they are 
so they have a defense against Hamas. This information is thanks to 2012republicancandidates.org. Rick Santorum thinks Gaza belongs to Israel, and we should help defend them. Barack Obama thinks that we should support Israel, but doesn't think we should really intervene too much. I hope you learned about the problems in Israel and our candidates' views on it. Now, I would like to tell you my opinions on this issue. I think we should support Israel against um, Hamas. They are in, um, Israel's in danger. I think we should help defend them and send troops over there. Thank you for that story, Sterling. It was jam-packed with info. Up next is Blake with Gun Control. differences of opinion about the Second Amendment to our Constitution. The text says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, to the right of the people to keep a bare arms and shall not be infringed. The disagreements revolve around the definition of militia. While many interpret that to mean an organized army, others maintain that it is an unorganized collection of armed citizens who would be available to f defend their towns, states, or country. Many federal laws have been intact since 1934 to promote regulation. Gun control evokes argue that they curb unassessive by criminals, juveniles, and high-risk individuals. They contend the only federal measures can successfully reduce the availability of guns. The three most significant federal Statues controlling firearms in the civilian population are the National Firearms Act of 1934, the Gun Control Act of 1968, and the Brady Bill Act of 1993. The 1938 Act established strict regula regulation requirements and a transfer tax on machine guns and short barrel long guns. The 1968 Act promotes mail order sales and the Interstate sales of firearms prohibits transfers to minors, limits access to new assault weapons, and sets forth penalties and license requirements for manufacturing importers and dealers. The Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act is an act of the United States that issued federal background checks on firearm purchases in the United States. It was signed by President Bill Clinton on November 30, 1993 and went into effect on February 28, 1994. The act was named after James Brady, who was shot by John Hinckley Jr. during an attempt assassination of President Ronald Reagan on March 30, 1981. He also made it okay for states and cities to determine local gun laws. Current presidential candidates' positions on gun control are as followed. Ron Paul agrees with the laws on gun control as it is right now and doesn't want to change them. Mitt Romney supports assault weapons bills and the Brady Bill. Rick Santorum voted yes on prohibiting lawsuits against gun manufacturers. Newt has similar views as Ron Paul. He doesn't want to refine the Constitution. He also doesn't believe that we should 
have guns as individuals. Obama believes that states and cities should have the right to determine local gun laws. Thank you, Blake, for interesting facts about gun control. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of CougarCast, and we have enjoyed making it for you. We will be taking a short break from production, but check back here next fall for future episodes. This has been a production of Sumner Fredericksburg High School. All contents are copyrighted, Sumner Fredericksburg High School. CougarCast is intended for private listening, and it may not be publicly broadcast without prior written permission. Comments and opinions expressed by CougarCast are not necessarily the opinions of staff, administration, or the school boards of Sumner or Fredericksburg schools.